Ladies and gentlemen. Watch your brother, 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 What's going on, all you brother brothers out there? You're listening to Cheap Talk Wrestling, brother brother. I'm brother brother TJ Alvin, alongside with brother brother Brandon Carr and brother 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 Dylan Saraiva. Gentlemen, brothers, what's going on? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Hulk Hogan after he got his daily steroid dose? Like you know, oh yeah, brother. hanging out in the hanging out in the back there. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah brother. brother. Oh, yeah. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, brother. You know, I'm excited because oh they announced Hulk Hogan is hosting WrestleMania with Titus O'Neil. With Titus O'Neil, yeah. Yeah, I had to make it a brother brother episode, you know, brother brothers. Brother brother. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff that that's been going on this week. I know we haven't like we've been talking here and there about a couple of things, but one being all obviously Hulk Hogan. Uh, being named as the host, but let me ask you guys: like, what do you guys think of the host, like, car- like gimmick for WrestleMania? Do you think it's needed, or do you do you don't think it's needed? I don't know. Like, years past, like we've seen like The Rock, like he was the host when he came back, and then like I remember one year it was like the New Day, but I don't know. I mean, it's something that like I really don't really look forward to hearing every single year who the host of WrestleMania is and with it being Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil I thought that was a really interesting combo um for me at least but yeah I don't know I'm not really too invested with you know the whole host thing with uh, WrestleMania yeah like I sort of got it back in like the like older WrestleManias like when you had like Liberace and like all these like famous celebrities and everything like that trying to like uh you know like help boost like the ticket sales and everything like that but like Wrestlemania now is like such a this like phenomenon cult classic kind of thing that like enough people are going to tune in that you're going to make more than enough money without like Hulk Hogan Titus O'Neil hosting yeah, it's big now versus how it was like started, like you brought up with all these celebrities coming in. Now celebrities want to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. You know, example being unfortunately Bad Bunny <laughs> yeah. wanting to get in the ring versus the Miz. I think yeah. out of the entire card for me while I'm down there, I think that's just gonna be I'll be I'll like I'll I'll be okay with the match, but I'm like in a way it's like for the Miz to be in a celebrity match like this, it's just kind of like he's better than that. He's built a lot of great stories over the year and like the past couple of years going into media. He had uh, the one year against Shane McMahon. He had Mm -hmm. one year against John Cena, Mm -hmm. you know, again, uh, twice with John actually for 37 and 20, uh, not 37, uh, uh, 33 and uh, 27. Mm -hmm. So Miz has had like a lot of great matches going in to WrestleMania, but I think this year, I don't, I don't know if it's, just because of the pandemic or because of like, just like booking changes for him. But I know originally he wasn't planned on being WWE champion for that long, but now you have the almighty Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Yep. Which I write about in my paper uh, on the daily go. The all great read. Great read. (sighs) Dude, it was so hard writing that. I'll tell you guys right now. Cause (laughs) like, 
I don't want because that's the thing is like with like and you know this car and you know Dylan is that like you don't want to give your opinion you have to be kind of like you don't have you're not supposed to like give your opinion or you're trying to be like equal with it right for me it's like okay Bobby's great but then you look at Drew Drew's had his moment Bobby really hasn't the last moment that he had was right. WrestleMania 23 yeah but it's good for like I mean again good for him both of them being in the main event. If they are the main event, they're still trying to decide that. But they finally figured out the Knights for Mania and for TakeOver. I'm excited. They just announced last night um, the unsanctioned match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Guys, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this, you know, the whole storyline in general with those two guys, like like I said last week, I'm really excited to just see, you know, the match between these two guys and, you know, the buildup that they've had with these two guys with, you know, like them seeing each other in public, like beating each other up. I saw like the clip of um, Adam Cole while uh, Kyle O'Reilly was working out and he like just came into his gym and just started fighting with him and stuff. Like it seems real and I, you know, really like it. So I'm looking forward to the match. Yeah, I think this is going to be really awesome. I think one thing with NXT is when it's takeover, everybody's on their A game. Um, I really can't think of there being a bad takeover, you know, maybe not every match on the card, but like as a whole show, you know, takeovers are always heightened. And these two guys, as, as I've said, and we've all said two very good workers, you can put them out there with anyone and they come off looking like a million bucks. Um, so especially an unsanctioned match, a little bit spot fest. I can, I can guarantee that, but very excited to see how it, how it uh, plays out there. The last unsanctioned match that I thought was really well and really well put was the Tommaso versus Johnny. I thought that was really well put. That was a great story to build off it. And with Tommaso going out with injury, just gave us that gap between the rivalry. So that way it wasn't just a quick close. So with that gap in between, I think that was beautiful the way they worked it back in and finished it at TakeOver New Orleans in 2018. Now going into actually Tommaso, He's going to be facing Walter. Walter's going to have a double, du- kind of like a double duty, I'll put it. He, I know he's scheduled against Tommaso now for the UK title, but he's also scheduled for like an NXT TakeOver UK the next, the, the following night on Friday, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know the challenge. I don't know who the challenger is, but I just know that the booking is it's um, just a double, like he's defending it twice. I don't know if it's, consistent i don't know if that's going to change now because of the defense but what do you guys think of walter almost hit i think he's almost at a thousand days close to it he's he's been uk champion for i don't even know how long i mean i think he ended up he beat what was it pete Dunne right for that title a long time yes it was 2019 2019 yeah yeah, a long time but you know walter i mean he's I, i think a really talented wrestler and you know for him being UK champion for that long. I know Pete Dunn had that title for a long time as well. So, you know, seeing Walter get up to, I mean, thousand days, like good for the, good for him. And, you know, for him to go up against Tommaso Ciampa, who obviously is a great in worker and storyteller, like I'll definitely be looking forward to seeing those two guys go after it. And, you know, with him being kind of double booked, you know, for the takeover and then the, the night after, you know, is does that mean that he's going to retain the title if he versus, you know, if he defends it again the night after? I don't know, but 
I'm going to be looking forward to the match between Walter and Tommaso Champion. I think that's going to be a really good match. Yeah, I like Champa's style. I, I've liked this new iteration of his character. Um, he's, you know, we I've I've read some reports and stuff like that. He's getting ready to hit the end of his career, or not hit the end, but slowly start transitioning out more to like a training role because um, he has a really good relationship with the people down at the PC and everything like that. Um, but him versus Walter is a great match. Walter's one of the stiffest workers there is right now. And same with Champa. They're both like, that's going to be a chop fest. Oh. It's going to be really good. I think it's going to be a really good build the way they're building it up right now. I think with Walter especially too, like having this match with Tommaso, I don't think they've ever faced each other in WWE before. No, I, don't I don't think, think. So. this is the first time. So now the question is like, what kind of style we could we see? You know, like what Dylan brought up, we might see something stiff, but also going into Tommaso, like you brought up him ending his career, getting close to the end of his career. He's had a great long career, not only in the WWE, but also on the independence. Like Dylan and I can say like, like uh, from top rope, like a top rope perspective, he did a lot of great matches. He's had a lot of great matches over there. I remember going to the last man standing on new year's, in 2010 when it was him versus Taven where they tore the ring apart and just like used the entire ring or used everything they could in that match. He's just a great worker and he's just very loyal to the business, but it's just for him to be on like, I don't want to say last leg of his career, but to get to that point of where he is at now versus where he was at 10 years ago, 11 years ago is just a major difference in person and a different style. I think it's just really great for where he is, especially in now building a relationship with the WWE, becoming a possibly a like a producer, I'll say maybe or a trainer, because he has a great mind. I think he has a great mind to build off of, like in that ring, because he knows how to build a story. Like Hunter even lets him build stories, like even with Johnny Gargano, that he just really built that story from within, and that's just great with like how NXT is for booking wise versus, like for example AEW where you have your owner saying he doesn't want to come out on camera, but then comes out on camera and just keeps saying nine days. Yeah. Nine days, nine days. You two, uh, what, what Matt Seidel versus Kenny Omega, nine days, gentlemen, nine days. No guys. I'll tell you right now. We're 16 days, 16, 16 days from WrestleMania, 16 Dylan, 16 days from WrestleMania. I'm keeping my C- uh, CTW championship 16 days. Dylan, I don't care. 16 days. You know what? Uh, one more time. I'm going to go 16 days. All right. 16, 16, I'm sorry, 16. 16 days, maybe 14. I don't know, maybe 14, maybe 13 days, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the night at WrestleMania, I'm going to be walking out CTW champ. You like Not that? Promo bitch, <laughs> you, no. you like that? <laughs> you like that transition right there? <laughs> promo mid show. What are you guys' thoughts on him coming on camera during the AEW Dark Elevation and using that as his, I guess, debut, I'll put it, uh, in wrestling? What do you guys think? What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, it's it's really weird to me. Um, I don't I don't know why he's like saying it personally, but like I don't know. I just it's weird that he's like that's kind of like his debut, I guess, to be like on camera. I don't know. We'll see what it, it ends up leading to, but it's something where I just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I really like it or not. When you have an on-screen authority figure, you have to book it right, just like you would any other thing on the card. And, like, you think back, so, like, old-school WWE, you had Jack Thunny. You know, you had Commissioner Foley. You had mm-hmm. Commissioner Sean. 
you know, mm-hmm. and you use those guys sparingly, but unless you're be, you're a Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon heel character, like, and this has been my problem with AEW is like they have their own stars and like they're trying to do their own thing. And, you know, they say like, you know, we're different than WWE and stuff like that. And it, sometimes they are, I, I agree. Um, but sometimes it seems almost like they're trying to take like the attitude era, what worked then. It, it unfortunately just doesn't work in the modern era, um, you know, and it's one of those things. And hopefully it's something interesting with this whole nine days thing. But the final thing I'll say about that, if Tony Khan is trying to be a Mr. McMahon, I think Vince is, and we can bleep this out, batshit crazy. I think Vince McMahon is batshit crazy. Yeah, um, we're going to keep that. We're, we're going to keep that on there. Like <laughs> the man is li- like probably certifiably insane, but mm-hmm. he would never ask one of his performers to do something he wouldn't do. And I don't think Tony Khan is the same way. No, I can I can agree with that with, with Tony. I, I think with Tony, he's just because he's still I'll put it as green to the business. He thinks he knows everything about the business. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still green like anybody else. Like like even me, I'm still green to the business. I know I am. Like you know, like I I'm a part time like you know for showcase. I would even call myself part time. I would call myself like a contracted person whenever they need me type deal for them. But for Tony. To think, you know, to be an on-screen char- like character, I think there would be there needs to be more of a development for him. Because I've been reading a lot of dirt sheets saying this guy needs to go to acting classes, or it actually needs to figure out his promos. If he's actually going to go on screen, like as an on a authority character, I think there needs to be some type of a real build to it. Versus, okay, we're just going to throw you out there and you're just going to say nine days from tonight. Like I would have rather have seen Arne Anderson, or um, who else? Uh, like DDP. Jake Roberts. Yeah, Jake Jake Roberts. Well, actually, well, I mean, with Jake, I could see um, Jake maybe. Um, Even uh, Jim Ross. Yep. I think Jim Ross would have been something different, uh, because he's just like with Jim. I think he's a great mind for the business to use. Like not not only as a, uh, not only as a color color commentator but as a like on-air personality i think you could use him i think in his age now i think using him now versus losing out on that is just is like a hit or miss. you can it could be a hit or miss but i think people will get behind it i th- i think that would be good too i agree with you there i another person i was thinking and this is just from work i've seen him do in other promotions is taz i think yeah. taz is a great like yeah on-screen heel like i think back when he was the heel color um during the whole aces and eights angle on impact which was actually a bright spot for impact in the early 2010s um you know the guy can draw heat you know he's not the human suplex machine anymore but he, he can draw some heat no he's good at like you know doing that well, what he's doing now with that like Team Taz stuff, I think it's great for him. It's yeah. you're using that mind, like they're using these great minds, and we've talked about it before, where you have these manager roles, right? Is it needed? No, but is it is it used a lot? Yes. Reason because you have these great minds that you can really pick off of. Same thing with Taz being with Brian Cage or with Ricky Starks, right? You have Darby with Sting. That's a great duo right there. Cody with Arn. And you have um, Tully with um, the Pinnacle, 
now mm-hmm. as they're calling themselves. I think that's a, I don't want to say a, um, the modern version of the four horsemen, but it could possibly be a modern version with MJF with uh, the revival, what they used to be and Sean Spear. I think that's going to be great. I think that's a great group to have, especially mm-hmm. in AEW to build around. I don't know. What, what are you guys' thoughts? What are you guys' thoughts when that was first announced or when that was first brought in? Yeah, I liked, you know, how that kind of like came about, like, you know, MJF, you know, kind of double crossing uh, the inner circle and them saying, oh, like, no, we're not going to go against Jericho. But then this entire time he's been building this group. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of the group um, of, get, of like who's in it and stuff. Like you got FTR, you know, you have Sean Spears, you know, Wardwell, like it's, it's a group I think that definitely has potential um i think it's something that's you know i you know personally for me with aw i know they have a lot of groups a lot of factions which is something that i don't know how i feel about it like i you know it's it's great to have factions and whatnot but they do have a lot of them um but you know just to see like a feud with the inner circle and and pinnacle i think it's that's going to be something that's going to be you know really good um when they end up having a match together and stuff, I think they can really build that story really well. Yeah. I've, I've stated again, I, I very much like MJF as a heel. Um, I think he's argue it arguably across any promotion right now, a top three heel in any company. Um, Cause the guy lives his gimmick and I, it's weird because you're seeing like a blend of like modern day stuff and that like eighties, classic heel like i have more money than you i'm better than you i know i'm better than you and i'm gonna tell you that i am um and i just i just think he's great i think he's good good for the business uh ftr is a very solid tag team um you know can have a good match i i I liked them outside of the wwe or more in nxt than i did on the main roster um, and Sean Spears, formerly Ty Dillinger, um, super reliable guy. Uh, I can't really think of any match I've seen of Dillinger's where I'd say it's bad. Um, I don't think anything he has is like, oh, my God, that's a five-star classic. But, like, very reliable guy to put out there. So good group of guys there. It's eye-catching, you could put it. But another thing, like, I wanted to, like, say, because, like, with, with MJF, like you brought up, right, you have these guys who are very almost old school. Like you ever, like you ever heard the term like old souls? Like like a person can have like an old soul. In yep. wrestling, I feel like these guys have like that old soul background. If you think about it, like they believe in kayfabe, they believe in living to the gimmick, and they believe in a lot of different things, or like making the bookings, making the towns, and being these top guys and like living by that like feel, or having that mentality, and having this group of guys put together. I think it's great for AEW to use because I think you could, I feel like you could use this group anywhere in um, like for AEW, not just for the pinnacle in AEW, but I feel like this could be something that they could do in uh, new Japan. They could do with impact if they decide to take over impact or if they decide to whatever the hell they want to do. Cause impact keeps moving around for a lot of different reasons, which I could really care less about. But then again, but we continue, we talk about them, but going into like with, even with impact right now, moving to Thursday nights, uh, 
was I think they've moved from Mondays to Tuesdays to Wednesdays. I feel like they had a Saturday morning slam spot at one point. Every day of the week. (laughs) They just go wherever they can get a TV deal. They're like, honestly, dude, they're like a much worse version of ECW in the 90s. They just take the ability to be on TV. They don't know how to die. They do not know how to die. And the sad part is, is they've had so many good talents run through that promotion. Oh, yeah. And like, it just it never catches and i i don't know what it is like you think about it you had all at one time ec3 jeff hardy matt hardy um bubba ray dudley mr anderson formerly ken kennedy who yep. did some great work and impact you had mike bennett um you had um eric young who i think is a great mind for the business Right, I, I think Eric Young, he might not be the best in-ring performer, but he's got a great mind for the business. Oh, I agree. Like, if anybody has the opportunity to pick his mind, pick it. Like, that is a mind to pick. Same thing with, like, a guy like James Storm, too. He's wrestling his um, 1,000 uh, – he's wrestling 1,000 matches. This is officially this Tuesday. Uh, 1,000 against Eric Young, actually. Which they I've always loved James Storm, man. Him and yeah, and this is where I get frustrated. Where I say Bobby Roode is underutilized in the WWE. Him and James Storm, for anyone who doesn't know, had this tag team in Impact called Beer Money, and it was just oh, it was like one of the best. Ta- their finisher is still one of my favorite things. It was like a um, a razor's edge super kick thing, and they called it the DWI, and it was just. Yep. Oh, that's such a great tag team finisher. They really do. They were great tag team. I loved it. Even though when they were heels, dude, you could not like you like you liked them so much, but you had to hate like there was a hate for it. You know what I mean? It's like a love hate type thing. Mm-hmm. It was so good though. Oh my god! Like if that tag team was in WWE, there's no way that the tag team division where it's at now would be where it's at. I think it would be higher. Even like you would have the Bucks there probably, or even there would be no AEW. I feel maybe you never know. Well, I mean, I just think happened. it comes down to the fact that I don't think, unfortunately, Vince McMahon has ever bought in on tag teams. I don't think he's no. a big tag team guy. No, I, I feel like at one point, maybe. I feel like at one point, maybe, like, because look at it this way the first WrestleMania was a tag team main event. So, I mean, in one way, there might have been something that they did look at. But they didn't get the point of it. They didn't get the story behind what was being built. Now you look at a WWE tag team match. You got singles guys coming in saying, all right, we got this. Like, take a look at AJ Styles. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the guy's name changes so much. It's Omar, Omas. 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 Yeah. I don't know. Like, I look him up on, like, to grab his image, like, to help the editor, like, put up a graphic. And he, like, says it's it's Omar, isn't it? And he sends me the picture. It comes up as Omar, which is weird. But anyway. (laughs) But it's like you have these singles guys coming into the tag team division, and I get it for AJ. He would be a Grand Slam champion after winning the tag team titles, which would be great for him at Mania. It would be a great uh, short story for him to be in the WWE within four, uh, five years. This would be year five for him, and he's already a Grand Slam champion, which is good on him, you know. But I think tag team partner-wise, I think he could do a lot better. I think there could be a better story built with another partner. Mm -hmm. Like, let me ask you guys, what do you think? Like, if you you had to pick his tag team partner, who would it be? Trying to think of someone who like needs something to do that would be good. 
I'll open it up like this. Any roster anywhere. Anywhere? So it could be any roster. If AJ had the opportunity to sign one person to be his tag team partner in any company, actually, no, I'll even open it up to any time in the last 10 years, 10, 15 years. So you're just making it harder. <laughs> I'm opening it up. I'm opening up the, you know, the, you know, the, the floodgates here. I'm opening up the floodgates for superstars. I got a good one. Ooh, all right. I don't know what you got. I think Styles and, and Joe would make a great tag team in today's WWE because you, you have Styles, who's more of the technical and like, especially in his character development now since he's been wwe like the technician and you have like the calf crusher and stuff like that so like that very based and he's super athletic with the flying forearm and stuff and then you have joe who has always just been this like deceptively quick and agile big man and i mean i wish they would let him use the muscle buster because that is still like such a a poor tyson kid i mean it wasn't joe's fault r.i.p to tyson's career you still got Natalia though, and his cat. <laughs> He's still got Natalia, <laughs> and all their cats. Oh, cats! That's a good. But no, that that'd be a sick tag team, especially two guys who like put impact on the map. Like that'd just be like a big stick it to WWE. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, man. I don't know. I have to think about that. Um, yeah, that's a good one though, Dylan. I don't know. I'd have to think, but. Definitely anyone besides Omar, Omos, whatever the hell the guy's name is. I just say know. big bodyguard at this point. Just say big, big body, big tall bodyguard, whatever his name is. I don't know. Big boy. But <laughs> um, oh boy, I'm the one that asked the question. Now I'm, I'm like I'm now I'm kind of. Dylan like, got the best answer. No, Dylan had the best answer. Uh, I feel like Christian would be Christian Cage would be a good partner with him, or that Edge, or Edge. I think with Edge there would be a good duo between the two. You have two great minds that are good with like controlling a match. Two ring generals, two guys who I think could put together a great long tag team match between whoever. It doesn't matter who's on the other side. I think game plan wise, I think it'd be a great, great partner. Like t- tagging in, tagging out, hot tags in, hot tags out working together and especially as heels as a heel tag team, I think it'd be even better. Cause now look at it this way. If you had the AJ styles bullet club heel mm-hmm. and you had edge in his Oh seven prime heel, that I think would be a great tag with team. Lita as manager. No, forget Lita. Forget Lita. I got a tag team partner. I was thinking, no, you got thinking Guerrero. Vicky <laughs> you got Vicky Guerrero in the corner instead. <laughs> I love that. So I was gonna say CM Punk. Like you can, I think those two oh. guys would be good. Like the phenomenal one versus and the best in the world, the phenomenal and the best. You can like think of like like circa like two man power trip kind of thing. Something, like I think that would be cool. That's like best. two guys that like they need to hold all the belts like WWE, <laughs> yeah. US, and tag team, and like just let them dominate for like six months. That I, I love that car. That's awesome. Yeah. You no, know we're forgetting about one person that I think would even be a better tag team in, right now: Kenny Omega and AJ Styles. I think that you have the fi- the best bout machine and the phenomenal one. 
Yeah. I know they've te- probably teamed in the past in New Japan, probably. but if you put them on the main stage where they're at now in their careers, I think you could get a great match. And if anything, if you had to book it too, those two versus the Bucks, oh or God. those two versus FTR. I mean, that would be. You're talking about a tag team match, like that would like tear. That would probably bring the roof down. Would that be the main event of WrestleMania though? If, if Vince is booking it, if Vince is booking it, is that going uh, out first? <laughs> that that will probably yeah. There's a chance. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's third on the card. That's like so after like the opener, then the women's championship, then this like superstar this tag match? team match. It's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh man, I I love AJ. He he's been he's great. He's been like a a favorite of mine for like a long long time because like. Again, like I've watched him since he was in Impact, and like he was so good. I, I mean, as much as I didn't love Dixie Carter as an on-screen uh, personality, like it was pretty cool. I like. I, I didn't hate that storyline with her and um, like EC3. And that's know. someone I don't want to see on camera again. I, I, I don't mind Tony Khan now that you bring up Dixie Carter. You sure? I I think she'd be down to show up for AEW, bury another promotion. <sighs> Jeff Jarrett, start- yeah, we Jeff. could call him. He'll be the the AEW World Champion in three months. But you know, <laughs> hey guys, you know what? I got I got an idea. We're gonna create our own brand, and within the first couple months, I'm gonna make myself the champion. The following announcement has been paid for by by me. Hi, I'm TJ Alvin, your ring announcer for Showcase TV and Showcase Pro Wrestling. Hey, are you tired of watching wrestling at home on Monday nights and Wednesday nights? Yes! Do you want to live your dream to be a professional wrestler? Yes! You can at the Showcase Pro Wrestling Training Center. What? That's right. All you have to do is get through the hardest door, that front door, and we can make your dream become a reality. What? All you have to do is start now. Yes! 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 Go to SPWrestling.com and sign up today. At least Vince was around for 19 years before he booked himself as that. You know, give him his credit. I forgot he was a champion. Like, even with, I know the ECW title one, that was, I mean, that was a great gimmick with, like, having Vince as the champion. Do rag McMahon. What a guy. <laughs> What's good in the hood? <laughs> oh my god, that that is still like I can't believe I as bad as that moment is, I can't believe they're editing it out of the Yeah, I saw that today. I'm like they got rid of it on Peacock even with Rowdy Piper with uh paying his face like ha- like half his oh, face. Yeah. That yes, okay, I can see that. But like the Vince thing, yes, I can also see that too, but I feel like on the like you also had it on the WWE network with no controversy before. Now it's on Peacock. There's a it's got to go. Everything's like, yep. like you're going to see so much content erased now in your oh God. like with anything that you've watched in your childhood or trying to study yep. like, you know, it's like just think about some of the stuff that we saw in like the attitude era and oh man. Because <laughs> Vince McMahon thought it was such good shit to book it. Rowdy, paint yourself, paint half your body. I'm going to go on camera right now with John. Johnny it's, boy, what's good in the hood? It's so bad, man. But, like, there was some stuff in the Attitude Era. Like, I think back and I'm like, how did they get away with that? Like, 
let's not forget the 1999 Royal Rumble, the bikini contest that May Young, the octogenarian at like 83 years old, won because she stripped herself down naked. That was just gross. <laughs> Can't There's say she wouldn't do anything for the business. So I'll, I'll give her that, but I, I highly doubt anyone was asking May Young to do that. But you know, God bless her. Only person is Vince. Hey May, uh, how would you like to go on camera tonight and uh, put, uh, perform in a bikini contest? <laughs> yeah. You think May Young thought it was part of the like part of the work, or do you actually think that May Young actually like? Like thought she like needed to do something to spark attention in that contest. I don't know, man. Like, so so I heard like I've read into like dirt sheets and stuff. Like, apparently she wore like a nude colored bodysuit, but I'm not going back to watch to try and figure it out. I'm all no, like, I I'm doing my uh, my retro review as it is yeah, for uh, No Way Out 2000 because uh, Triple H versus Cactus Jack in a Hell in a Cell match when you know. That meant something. That's a good uh, match. It's a good card. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, the Attitude Era stuff, there was. Uh, May Young giving birth to a hand. Like... Yep. Poor May Young, man. Uh, put through the table by the Dudley boys. Poor uh, writers. Who who wrote this? Who writes this stuff? Probably wasn't oh, Vince Russo. Oh, definitely. Well, she wasn't on a poll. Uh, she wasn't on a poll yet. No, the hand's going to be on the poll. A city battle for the hand on the pole match. Call Ray. He wants in. Russo, man. I hate Vince Russo. Oh my god. Oh what what uh man. But there was I'm trying to think of what else in the attitude era would be. Uh oh the Uh, crucifixion of Stephanie McMahon and you know. When the Undertaker kidnapped her, at the, you know. So Kurt leaves ECW for them doing that, but he'll stick with WWE for doing that. <laughs> like how? Was, like, like I'm, I'm, I just thought of another one. Remember the one with uh, when Triple H and Kane had a feud, and uh, Triple H. Oh, Katie! Oh Vick. my God! Yes, <laughs> Woo, Hall of Fame Kane, baby! I hope that's in his Hall of Fame package. <laughs> Who do you think inducts him? Just, I, I'm assuming Taker. I, I, would, right? I think so. Gotta be. Maybe the maybe not though, because Taker doesn't really make public appearances. Well, well now that he's at a gimmick. Undertaker, no, but still, I, I feel like I don't know. He was the one I think that um that was the one. He was the one that brought it up. He's, he's the one, the one, that, one that revealed. Him. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Undertaker's on, uh, like no more kayfabe. He's like forget this. I know. Yep. That's that was another thing that made Taker so good for so long is like he didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was always the Undertaker. Even in he the last, even in his last like on TV appearance, like when they honored him, he was Undertaker in the flesh. The gimmick. Yep. No matter what, dude, he just he went out there and did it. The only so real quick, the only reason I brought up that question with the May Young thing is because. It made me think of a story back at like when I was at when uh, when I first started with Showcase. So when they were announcing that John Cena Senior was going to be the commissioner, they kept saying like, "Oh, like uh, this guy Sergeant Muldoon, who's a friend of mine, uh, who's a who wrestled for the WWE for a while back, back in the '80s. Uh, he would like announce and stuff. He would also say, like, oh, we're 
oh, like uh, we're in the process. Blackheart's in the process of interviewing a bunch of different people for the position. It started like a whole thing. Anyway, so this guy who um, was a behind the scenes guy for Showcase comes in one day, full suit, everything, like nice hat, you know, all that stuff. And he sits next to my buddy Sarge and he's like pulls out his resume, his wrestling resume, which is like three pages long. And he, like uh, my my buddy Blackheart goes, hey, so what are you doing? He's like, I'm applying for the job of commissioner. Oh, I'm applying. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm doing music in the back at the time because I didn't have like I was an announcer yet. I didn't have a role or anything. And I go to my buddy Dave and he's like, like, I'm like is this guy serious? He's like, yeah, he brought a resume. He brought like his whole thing. He brought a couple of videos too. He brought some cassette tapes with his stuff. And I'm like, why? He know, we know who's going. Who, we know who's going over. This was planned. This stuff yeah. was planned in advance. And like, no one wants to tell him. No one has the heart to tell him. I just started laughing because the entire show, this is at the training center. And like, we had a full show. And this guy's like talking my buddy Sarge's ear off, showing his resume. He's like, if you look at my resume here, I was with Showcase at one point. I was with a couple uh, promotions up in Maine, New Hampshire, whatever you name it. It was just so funny because it's like, I don't know if he's just like trying to like bullshit around, like just trying to joke and make it look like make it look real, or if he was being serious, like you know, because <laughs> people yeah. do, people do that. Yeah, and it's just like the minds of some, like the 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 minds of some people in wrestling is is the best. Like mm-hmm. like a lot of people have great minds that we yeah. talk about, and one on uh, one was May Young at one point uh, for. Yep. How, like, fortunately, giving birth to a hand. <laughs> I don't get. Yep. Oh my goodness! With Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. The, the first big man to be given the you know large sex addict gimmick, and then came Viscera. <laughs> also, whoever when he became Big Daddy V, whoever booked him with those tiny chest straps should just be fired. <laughs> like dude the guy is like 450 pounds why why did you like make his costume that that just looks terrible you think it was on him i don't think it was him dude like because he always had like the coat or like he always did yeah he always did oh yeah yep. maybe he just finally said to himself screw it i'm going out there i'm gonna show everybody the man i am thing. right now that was W W E C W is just not good. No, no, no not at all. Booking Ezekiel Jackson to win the ECW title on the last night just as like a big fu to the to the loyal fans or to like to, to Christian Cage. Yeah, what great booking, Vince or whoever was running it, and then moving to NXT this contest where the commentary was shit. Nobody cared. All you heard was like like side jokes about it or sidebar conversations during the commentary or them making fun of the divas at the time or making fun of the superstars and having them do these like so stupid bad. things. Like the for example, divas championship or as it was at one point, an oversized earring. Um, it really was. That was that. That's probably like honestly in my top ten like worst wrestling belts. Like Fire. that, it, it just awful. Like the yeah, women's championship one. now is fine, but like I loved like the early two thousands women's championship. Like that was a belt. Yeah, it felt it's like just, more like a belt. It's not a show. It's not showy. You know that's the thing is that now it's like 
okay, now it has to have the diamonds. It has to have the big W. Before, a belt was just, you know, the United States, like, for example, the United States title with the flag in the back, and you have the nameplate. Now it's like, okay, you got to do this big thing. It has to be thick, and you have to have, like, the side plates now. It's almost like, and, and this is bad, like, this is a bad comparison, but, like, indie promotions that just, like, slap their logo on a piece of leather. And especially, too, that WWE, like, gives one out to, like, every celebrity that they like or like any sports team it's like it looks like the exact same belt like say what you will about the spinner title and that that was terrible (laughs) like it looked terrible but like i love that belt like like do something different than just here's our company logo on a belt you know i like the undisputed title I, i like that was a classic design for me like, well, like with the one that Brock Lesnar held, Eddie Guerrero, like that one I thought was, yeah, that was, was a bad. good title. That was a good one, yeah. The Big Gold too. I thought that was a good title. Yeah, I was um, going to say that one. World Heavyweight Championship. Else. The World Heavyweight Championship, yep. The, the um, like OG NWA world title wasn't terrible. The 10 pounds? Talking the 10 Yeah, pounds. like the, the one. Yeah, oh, that's right. They brought it back, yeah. Yeah. You know, the globe all this, sticking yeah. out of it. I, I love that title. He's good, dude. Magnus. Yeah. He's dude. So what do you, so I just found out, and I know I sent the, sent you guys this in, I think it's October. There's a now NWA day in Atlanta specifically. What do you guys think of that? Like the NWA getting a day because like, again, NWA was built from Atlanta in Atlanta and to them to kind of get that recognition. What do you guys feel after so long? Yeah, that's cool. Like for them as like a promotion to just get their own day. Like, you know, there's been a lot of great wrestlers that have come through there too. And, you know, just for them as an indie promotion to just get like that recognition. I think that's honestly like really cool just just to see something like that, you know, coming about. Yeah, I think it's really cool as well. I mean, the NWA was the first like, I I don't want to say like, big promotion but like it took like a ton of little indie promotions and like made them feel important because like if the nwa heavyweight champion was coming through town like you were selling out those gymnasiums and like rodeo halls like if rick flair came to tennessee like it was huge dusty roads came to like kentucky like it was huge and like atlanta was always their home base because that was always Georgia championship wrestling, world championship wrestling. Like, you know, I think that's cool for the NWA. It it gives them some recognition that, like, I think got overshadowed by Vince just blowing up the territory system. I love the territory system, like how it was before versus now. I get it. Again, it's a monopoly now, let's be real, you know. But with the NWA, what it was before – to where it is now coming back, making a comeback. So I looked up the date, October 21st. Now, just do you guys know the significance of that date for the NWA? No. In more recent history? I don't think so, no. No? No? All right. So October 21st, 2001, Nick Aldis defeated Cody Rhodes in Atlanta for, uh, on the 70th anniversary show. For the title, so it was basically when Nick Aldis won it, uh, won it the second time around. So they made October twenty first officially uh, NWA Day. So with the promotion coming back in, 
was it's a great a homage to the NWA, especially for their history and um, their history and whatnot with Atlanta. Nice, yeah. That's yeah. honestly, I think it's just really cool that they're getting their own day and just the recognition, just you know, based on everything that they've done with wrestling, the wrestling industry as a whole. Uh, one last time, I think it's cool and it's well deserved for a promotion that's been around for so so long. So one last thing before we kind of wrap this up, because I know the editor is going to get really pissed off. He's going to chew my ass out, especially for last week's news, for telling him that we're going to be doing multiple shows while I'm at Mania. Uh, So WWE is moving the Thunderdome to another facility, the University of Southern Florida, USF. So they're moving it as of April 12th, right after Mania. So what are your guys' thoughts on WWE moving the Thunderdome Again, I know with the Rays coming back into play, like it does kind of limit to where they are. But do you feel like this might, we might just be seeing another year of Thunderdome, or do you think WWE will try to find a way to start doing other venues? I mean, I hope that's the case where they start trying to get the main thing is just trying to get fans actually, you know, back in attendance and stuff. And I know like eventually that'll come about, but. For them to move to University of uh, Southern Florida, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, I hope that doesn't mean that the Thunderdome doesn't have a, a longer um, stay than we anticipate. But not saying that the Thunderdome's been bad. I think they've, you know, done a really good job. We've talked about it numerous times on the show of, you know, characters, how it works for them with like the Fiend and stuff, you know, not having fans are able to do, you know, more cooler things. And obviously that's great, but. You know, at the end of the day, you know, getting the fans back in there, getting the authentic crowd noise, not this pumped in, pumped in shit that we've, you know, been accustomed to. Like, that's the main thing for me. So I'm just kind of hoping, you know, that's not an indicator that the Thunderdome is going to have a longer stay than we anticipate. Just hoping that fans, you know, finally get back in attendance and WWE can start traveling to different places. Yeah, and hopefully soon. I mean, I know uh, the UFC is having a, a card around mid-April there, too, with fans in Jacksonville. So hopefully soon we can see WWE uh, getting some fans back. I mean, you're seeing already, um, even around here, like the TD Gardens back open at limited capacity. Uh, Fenway is going to be open, limited capacity. And I mean, right now, I think doing outdoor stadiums is probably better than indoor stuff, but yeah. like Carr said, I think that authentic fan noise and hearing like the, the, just the roar of a crowd like makes wrestling moments. Like you think of like some iconic moments, like even we've seen, like think about uh, Cena's return at the 08 Royal Rumble there in MSG. Like that moment's not the same without the crowd reaction. Um, AJ Styles debut not the same without the crowd reaction. Like it's just fans are so important to professional wrestling because they can heighten the story. So, so much. Um, 2011 money in the bank. Uh, That's probably top five hottest, hottest crowds WWE has ever had. That's what I was thinking. Was that one? Yeah. Like just super crucial to have fans. Cause you know, that's how you like Dylan said, just how you build a story more and how you build characters more. If you're able to connect with the fans, that's the biggest thing. And really, 
you know, WWE and a lot of these promotions and these, you know, wrestlers in these promotions really haven't had that opportunity over the past year to connect with fans. So I know like wrestlers are probably eager to get the fans back to get the reaction and stuff. For the WWE, I feel like this is like an ultimate tease for them to have fans at Mania. If they knew they were going to just move the Thunderdome back to like wherever or whatever they were going to do, I feel like they kind of like drop the ball like then having mania have fans then like if you're just going to do it for two nights and then like go back to you know back to normal like back to the thunderdome if they want to call that their normal i, I think we could have done they could have done something different but for the th- for the thunderdome you know I, the way i look at it too is that they're dictating how you feel about the about like a certain character like you know i've, I've seen videos where people are like they're they're there watching, and next thing you know, all you hear is like uh like almost like a walkie-talkie noise saying, "All right, guys, get ready to cheer or get ready to boo or you know all that stuff." So it's kind of it's not natural. It's not a natural build for somebody. It's not a natural build for a character development when you're being told, "Okay, hey, you have to cheer for this guy. You have to boo for that guy." Maybe you don't like him. Maybe you do like him. Yeah. Maybe you're a guy that likes bat like uh, the heels. Maybe you're a guy that likes the baby faces. You know who knows. But and also for the, the guys that work day in and day out, they bust their ass for this stuff too. So to take that, I, like it's kind of like a, like a double-edged sword here. It's like you can take away the fans for another year or a couple months, or you can have them for one night or two nights like Mania. So I kind of get where that's coming from too. You want to have that big stage with all these fans. But yeah. if you're just going to go back to it, then, then what was the real, the real point? Yeah, I agree with you because, like, look at something like just in recent memory, like The Fiend finally returning, which, by the way, I think his, uh, like, the whole new costume there, the whole new uh, outfit looks awesome. I love the whole, like, burned thing. Um, yeah. And it looks like we finally seen Alexa Bliss, like, really dive into the female Fiend, which is awesome. I love it. Um, but, like, that would have been so much... I don't want to say better because it was still an amazing return. Um, but I feel like the the in the moment there at Fastlane, like if you have a live crowd there, like when the lights flick back on and he's there, like it's just like it, you get the fans more involved and it just exactly. makes this whole story so much better. It's a better build for the character when you have that positive reaction, like, holy shit, he's back. Oh, this is great. But I'll tell you guys this right now, too, and I text you guys this, too. I know for a fact that match was pre-taped earlier in the day. You think oh, so? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you look, so if you watch the Thunderdome, like, when it first, like, um, when you first, like, watch Raw or something, it's, like, you know, it's dark in there, right? But if you look at that match, how it starts off, where the way it, like, pans in, you'll see, like, it's light out. Like, there's a lot of light. So I feel like they, I feel like that's just me, like just kind of like looking at it from a camera's perspective, but I don't know if it like, again, just me shooting from the hip here. I feel like it was just to kind of like get the spots in to get all the camera angles, get the close ups. Yeah, that's true. Cause correct. then like you can make yeah. everything perfect. Yeah, exactly. You know, retaped. Um, and so I, you know, that's what we're saying. Like the, this Thunderdome stuff has allowed for like certain like developments to happen exactly the way WWE wants them to. Um, which I think is interesting, but I just hope like if Randy versus Fiend happens at WrestleMania, like please just book Bray Wyatt to go over. Like 
this dude like just gets the short end of the stick so much in this company. Like, please just put him over. Have you guys seen like the rumors like on Twitter and stuff? Some people, I don't know if this is true. This would be kind of wild, but some people were saying that the fiend that we saw come back at Fastlane was Bo Dallas under the outfit. I don't know if like that's true because obviously like Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas are like real life brothers and stuff. And, yeah, like, I've seen a lot of people like allude to that, but I, I mean, that would be cool if they had like two fiends. I guess that's what people have been saying, but I don't think I think that's people probably just overthinking it. If they book it like Kane did, like they did for Kane back in I think '06 at Vengeance, where you have Kane versus Kane with Fiend versus Fiend, or Taker think, versus Taker in SummerSlam '95. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, I, mean, I forgot about Taker. That, that was terrible though. That could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, well, especially you know because you had Mabel versus Diesel. Yeah. Yep. Diesel power. <laughs> but at least Bo Dallas is a much better worker than the guy they had faced the Undertaker. Oh, That's yeah. true. You know, guys, I'll finish it with this. All you have to do is believe <laughs> in the fiend. Thumbs up. <laughs> with a thumbs up believe. oh my god hey give the i'll give the guys credit he, he, he you know he had a gimmick he stuck the, to the, it he stuck to it yeah. yeah that's that's the best thing about it when you have guys that have like these shit gimmicks like you know not to say like they're shit gimmicks they're gimmicks that some may that for some might make sense but for others it doesn't but in the end there's always a master plan for these gimmicks. Hawkins going on a 200 match losing streak. <laughs> I feel like at that point they just said, you know what, this guy's losing a lot. Let's just let's just make this a gimmick. I mean, like I I remember watching an interview with um Simon Gotch, yeah, and you know he said the guy is getting a paycheck. If he's happy with that, he's happy with that. He goes, I wouldn't want to be happy with that. I feel like that's not worth the money. But, you know, it's got to be for the right person. Well, here's the other thing, too, is that, like, you know, if you do this for us, like, in the end, oh, we might be able to do something for you, like, later on down the road. It's kind of like, okay, one hand washes the other. You know, that's that's anything with wrestling. That's how a lot of guys are. That's how a lot of guys feel. That's just how it is. You know, that's a, that's a lot of different uh, – it's not just WWE, but it's also with, like, ind- independent promotions. Like, one hand washes the other in that case. Yeah. But, but you 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 live and you learn from it and you move on from it, and hopefully we don't see a, I don't know how many losses it was for, uh for for Kurt Hawkins, but hopefully we don't see anything like that again. No, it's not. That's just that's sad. But you know we will not for now. Like this is gonna be the worst way to end the show. Cause I know we're running at the hour because the editor is going to be pissed off at me, you know, but that's okay. He's owing one in some cases, you know, I'll, I'll let the, actually, no, I'll give him that Kurt Hawkins, uh, loosen streak. There you go. But guys, it's been great talking to you. Like I'm, I'm excited for WrestleMania. We're, what was it? 16, 16 days away. 16 days, 16, 16. Dylan, 16 days from now, 16 days. <laughs> I'm coming for that bell, TJ. I'm coming for it. I'm pumped. I'm excited for it, but for now, we will bid you adieu. So, for Brandon Carr, for Dylan Sriva, I have been the cheapest man in the room, TJ Alvin. 
make sure you follow us on all forms of social media at Cheap Wrestling and make sure to subscribe to us on all forms of podcast and make sure to follow us on the Daily Go website at dailygoats.com. All right. So definitely tune in next week. We're excited to talk to you guys next week. We're on the road to WrestleMania. We will keep you guys posted on all forms of social media. Like I said, at Cheap Wrestling. At Cheap Wrestling. At Cheap Wrestling. We're going to keep saying at Cheap Wrestling. That's better than that. I know you want to do it. We will catch you guys next week. Keep it cheap.